Hello. I was spent the last two minutes is into Adele. I didn't expect that. <laughs> no, for, I mean, fair enough. It's a banging song, though. I just thought of it. Yeah, like, it oh, is actually a nice song. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just like every now and again, it just comes to my mind. And I think, blimey, her vocals in that song were amazing. Oh, yeah. So I, thought, I don't know how it's related to the movie we're watching today. Well, reviewing today, but uh, well, I, I found it fair. Yeah, you can find some way to visit, I guess. I just didn't expect uh, it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you love the film, then it's someone like you, you can sing the song to the movie. I don't bloody know. Um, have you yeah, seen that? Yeah, we'll say that. <laughs> yeah, we'll say Yeah, just as a piece of explanation. Uh, yeah. Hello, guys, and welcome to the Big Screen Podcast. Today, we are joined by regulars now, I guess I can say, because you guys are our first like recurring guests on this channel. Jodie Khan and George Papart, as I butchered Hello. last week. I said like Joe Papart and George D. Khan. <laughs> <laughs> I messed that up massively last week. <laughs> How are you guys? Oh, we're doing pretty, I'm doing pretty good, thanks. Yeah, really oh, good, thanks, yeah. Yeah, so last time we reviewed... Oh, what did we even review? We reviewed Star Wars. Yes, yeah, yeah. ages ago now. Yeah it, feels like, <laughs> yeah, it feels... Well, I actually looked at the channel the other day and I was just like... Oh, that was last week, wasn't it? And then it said one month ago, and I thought, what the hell? What, where the hell is that time yeah. gone? Trust me. Oh, but but yeah, this week we're reviewing June, which I know one of you at least really likes, as uh, I said ironically in a group chat, because you said something along the lines of Joe that you were like really looking forward to rewatching it. Was that yes. true? Have you rewatched it before? I have rewatched it since uh, seeing, right. seeing it the first time. So I've seen the film twice now. Yes. Did your thoughts evolve on the second time? Uh, not really, to be honest. I remember because um, I, I probably knew I knew a bit more about the story than you guys did. Because if you because you said you went in blind, didn't you? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew a little bit. I'm not like an expert, but I did know a little bit because I had read a comic, which is kind of like an adaptation of like pretty much the first kind of like, two thirds of the film. It was kind of like. Um, that comic was pretty much that, and then there's kind of going to be like installments later on. So I had read that beforehand, so I knew what was, I knew a, a little bit of the story. But it mm. took, it did take me a while to kind of get into it because the first half hour is a lot of kind of like setup. Yeah. But at our point, it just, I just kind of just sat, sat back and just really appreciated what the film, what it is, its scale, and just how yeah. just impressively put together the whole thing is. And I thought the second viewing in that first sort of half hour would kind of flow better. It actually didn't really. It still felt oh. the same. So maybe it was just, maybe I do just think the first half hour was quite clunky. But yeah. I, I had a similar kind of feeling in both times. Didn't really kind of gel with it at the beginning. But as it went on, I just just sat back and just really enjoyed, really enjoyed the ride. Ironically, I was a bit different. I preferred the first half and then moments in the second half. So... Yeah, a bit different there. Uh, George, what was your experience like? What did you think? Yeah, I mean, I, overall, I, I liked it a lot. It was definitely uh, an experience watching it in the cinema and IMAX and everything. It was, it was really... I'm glad I watched it in the cinema yeah. instead of like on my laptop. Um, but th that, that's wow. the thing with the film for me is it, it's like it is an experience. It reminds me a lot of like Tenet or something like that where mm. I appreciate it and I really liked watching it, but it's not something that I'm in love with. So I'm sort of, yeah. I guess I'm, I'm halfway between you two, I guess. 
Yeah, I can appreciate Tenet for like the story and how it was made. And I love Christopher Nolan's films, of course. And I think it's so much better watching films in IMAX, I've noticed. Of course, there's a massive improvement. But just like how it kind of grips you into a story and mm. like it just wows you more when it's in IMAX, I feel. Like I watched Last Night in Soho today and the IMAX was beautiful. And I think it's the best movie for IMAX, like the utilization Very of it this year. It's, the sound is awesome. Wait, for Last Night in Soho? That's nine, so yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of get your comparisons to Tenet, but I don't think it's exactly the same because I f- feel like Dune. No. Yeah, it's very, it's very kind of big and very kind of like seven poor and look at me. It's, they're both kind of like that, but to me, Dune feels much more like it needs to be because it's this huge, huge world with so much scope, yes. so many characters, mm-hmm. and it, and it doesn't feel too kind of pretentious about it when Tenet, on the other hand, I think did a little bit. I think it did feel a bit more like Christopher Nolan's just like saying, look how clever I am. But in doing that, yeah. it just, it just crafts a story which didn't really make sense. Although it was very impressive to, to look at, but Dune, I don't think it's the same case. I think it is very, very impressive. And also it doesn't feel just like a director's just trying to make the audience think how clever he is. It just feels like he didn't even know if he was made to make this film in my opinion. Yeah, I find it really hard to follow what you just said. And Dennis, the um, the director of this film, I'm not even going to try and pronounce his name until we actually get to the review, because my God, that is some second name. Uh, but yeah, you touched upon the pacing there and about the like the length. I was amazed to find out that this film is double the length of the 80s version, yet only tells half a story. Yeah, mm-hmm. like... I think, I think it's more it's more like 10 minutes longer than half than double the length. Oh, okay. But, I've heard but, wrong. Yeah, but it is like it seems crazy how the David Lynch Dune is the whole story and it's ten minutes shorter than Denis Villeneuve Dune, which only tells half the story. And it's just mm. you think back to the 80s, like how the hell like did they think to take this ambitious of a story and just make it make it? Because like the effects obviously were not ready for that no. kind of that kind of scope. So it is really kind of confusing to me, but I'm glad we finally have this version. Yeah, 2001 A Space Odyssey was made before, but that one was a bit more, I don't want to say contained, but in terms of like the set design, it was a bit more safe for me. And it turned out to be a great story. So that just complemented everything and just ascended the film into god tier levels Uh, i'm glad you liked those one of space obviously (laughs) oh yeah i I appreciate a great film like i i have my preferences in terms of the best sci-fi film i'm sure you probably know it's interstellar but i can Mm. still appreciate a good film when it comes up like space odyssey is rightfully iconic and i appreciate it but i don't think it's as good as something i do love but i can understand why some people would rate it as the very best of course yeah yeah, just as I'm sure you found the positives in Interstellar to also justify why I have it so high, mm-hmm. because it is a bloody great film. Interstellar is a great film. Yeah, but you said about the care, well, not the care, but you said about uh, Dennis actually adapting the screenplay and like he was born to do it. I heard he said like he wouldn't be able to live without having adapted June once. He said something along those lines. Really? Like, it was always destined to adapt June. Yeah, something along those lines. And I just think it shows the amount of care that he did have for the film, like the duration. Like, if he didn't care, it would be over in a flash. But the fact is, he goes into it, like, prolonging the film 
Like every single scene lasts for five minutes. So every scene could go, oh, here's one thing, here's the next, here's the next. But instead, we actually dwell on scenes and characters. And that allows a lot of time to build up. And I guess it it's positive of the director because clearly he strongly believes in what he's going for in terms of the world building and the story he's telling. But also complements the funding because, my God, the budget for this film is amazing. And they must have had a lot of faith in the script. Yeah, that's what I'm like. I'm so glad about like that this film exists because like i feel like there's not like that much risk when it comes to kind of hollywood like blockbusters anymore like spending this like a lot of money into something which could which so easy like, to be honest a lot of people could have just not turned up to do because if you look at the track record for like films like this like not many people showed up to blade runner 2049 mm. and just like ad astra wasn't really like I don't think it was really that big of a hit. So just like sci-fi films like this don't really get a lot of attention, but I'm so glad that like they just went with it. You know what? Fuck it. We'll just do it anyway. I and agree. It's like, and it's, it's paid off. Yeah. And then it's Villiers. I don't even know. It's that that, 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 that pronunciation is not how I'm saying the spelling, but okay. I'll tell you where for it. He's quite a popular director, and you just mentioned one of his oh, movies yes. there, Blade Runner 2049, and that is another really popular film that he's off the back of. This is his first film since then, I believe. Yes. Um, mm. And again, that was another insanely popular film. Admittedly, I've only ever seen two films from him, one being June and the other being Arrival. Arrival is Arrival's great. You see... I disagree. Oh, I'm no. So, I'm so glad. Oh, Joe, you agree with George? Yeah. I oh. love it. I do a rival. Ah, I, I, I can see why you would say that because it is so popular a film. And I know I'm the one who's missing out on the, like, the splendor of it. But to me, it's just dreadfully slow. And one that I feel has been done better in so many other places, even One Division to an extent, and I don't even like that show. Arrival is one that I think I'll, I can appreciate more on a rewatch because Joe, uh, George, should I say, I read your review that you said you didn't appreciate the first time, but the second one you like acknowledged it was a masterpiece. So I hope I have that yeah. same effect. Arrival yeah. is a masterpiece. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> So yeah. You can watch like Enemy and his other films. Like yeah, uh, Denis Villeneuve is a very, very creative director. I've seen all of them except from one, I think, in Sondi. I've not seen that one, but I've seen all of his other films, and he's a very kind of varied director. Because if you go back and watch yeah. his early stuff, like Poly, uh, I don't know how to say it, but Polytechnic, I think it is. But like, you yeah. since then just kind of ch- chart like his progression, and each film he's made kind of gets bigger and bigger, and he's made like a film, like a cop film, a like sci-fi films, a, and um and enemy which is very weird and abstract and now he's gone to dune it's like it's so impressive to me that yeah. he got from polytechnic to dune yeah, <laughs> yeah. so it's, how would you say june ranks I, sorry joe how do you think it ranks right. compared to his um other films i personally i prefer i mean i've seen what have i seen i've seen enemy uh prisoners arrival blade runner and june i would say that june is probably my least favorite but that's only because I, I like all of his other films are like five stars for me. They're like they're right. all like really, really great. Okay. Joe? Um do, yeah, I've been thinking about this actually. It mm. to me, Arrival is his his best film. I know you might not agree with that, Paul, <laughs> but uh, I, I think Arrival is the best film he's done. I, I so wouldn't far. dispute it. I yeah. wouldn't dispute it. But um I think after that I would say Prisoners and Sakari are really, really great crime thrillers. And I probably would put Dune under that, along with Blade Runner 2049, because I think those two are similar kind of case for me where I just, I'm, 
so massively impressed by the production scale and how like just beautiful those films are but yeah there, there are some there are very cold films like it does they're not yeah. the most emotionally like connecting mm-hmm. out, of, um, out of all of his films and I think yeah I'm much more invested in something like Prisoners and Arrival more so than these two yeah so with June do you think if part two is like as good as part one is for you do you think you'd be more invested in that as like a whole? Let's assume the sequel is just as good as the first one. Would you consider them both wholly better than the rest? Absolutely. I've kind of thought like this whole film lives and dies on its sequel. So like if mm. sequel, if the second one comes out and it's a huge disappointment, that will greatly affect my opinion on the first film. But if the second yeah. one comes out and it's just as good or hopefully even better, then mm. I will look at both i will look this is just a really great like five hour or however long it ends up being film like the same way you watch like lord of the rings or kill bill as like one really long great film yeah and the first one um is a lot of setup but i don't think it's set up for the sake of being set like it's really done well like the whole world building it's not like cram like i'm gonna link it to doctor who here the episode yesterday for the people listening this was episode one that we watched yesterday it just felt like they're throwing everything at us without actually taking the time to explore anything and it's just like here you go a lot of things are coming deal with it but june actually kind of takes the time as i said earlier to build up the characters and build up the scenarios and build up the situations and i think it does that really well because i am really invested in paul and his family uh paul being played by timothy charlotte i again i'm not sure about the second name pronunciation chalamet timothy chalamet chalamet there we go i absolutely butchered the surname there (laughs) but yeah i saw him in this uh, film properly like, this is the first time i saw him properly in a film yes he's in interstellar but he doesn't have a big role in it this is the first time he's in like interstellar. keep yeah. forgetting mm-hmm. yeah and then he morphs into some other guy who's not as popular and then everyone just thinks oh that's a downgrade but yeah uh he was really good in this film even though um again all set up he was like the ducal heir of this or something in this film the ducal heir he's the heir to the yeah. throne of yeah. something yeah, he's, he's the son of oscar isaac who was the duke yeah, so he's a really important character, and for such a young actor, both in actuality and physically, he pulled it off really well. And he nailed the paranoia scenes later in the film where he's truly getting overwhelmed by the Zendaya flash forwards. I think he's in like a tent and he's like being overwhelmed. I really love that scene, and I think he's funny, like spreading his wings of acting a bit because other than that, he's not really, you know, a grandstand actor compared to some others, I would say. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. So, I said, George. Oh, I've seen a few of his films, and he's actually really good. Like Beautiful Boys is is a really good film that I like, and it's mainly because of his performance. So he, I think he's quite good. He's young, but he's he's really good, and he's yeah. he's good in June as well, of, of course. Yeah, uh, yeah. How old is he? And I'm gonna have a look. Uh, he's probably he like is. twenty. He's still my favorite films in the film. Like I think Excellent, like, yes. twenty-five. Twenty-five. Oh, really? Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Go it's on. Still my, it's not my favorite performance in the film. I think like I much prefer. I think Rebecca Ferguson. I think and Jason Momoa are my favorite characters in the film. I think they they have the most kind of like personality to them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad you didn't say Batista then. Oh, I, I would have been like, fuck off, get out of here. If that's your favorite character, oh my <laughs> God, he's such a negative. I saw him in uh, uh, some other stuff, but recently, Final School, he's oh, in that that's film. Cool. Like right, okay. That's not dreadful film. film. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Dreadful film. And yeah. ever since I've been watching his stuff, 
like out before I watched that film, of course. And I just think you can tell he's a WWE guy. It's so unconvincing. He just doesn't have any like, charisma. He works in Guardians no. of the Galaxy, but I've never seen anything else. Particularly he's like in Zach's... Blade Runner. Yeah, he is like, very briefly. He's pretty mm. good in that. I remember. Yeah, I guess so. But like, um, I was saying, he was in uh, the new Zack Snyder film, which came out earlier this year. Mm. It was called Army of the Dead, and he wasn't. And remember, in that, he just was He's not trying too hard at all. Yeah, just very dry, very uninteresting. So yeah, I definitely get your opinion on Batista. Yeah, and he's very overshadowed even in Guardians of the Galaxy by like Karen Gillan or Chris Pratt even. Like when they're in all the scenes together, I just think this guy is not good. But yeah, he really frustrated me in this film and I was like, oh, you're here. You got such a great cast in this film. And a moment from this film, if you want to take it to a scene, particular scene in the movie, uh, the reveal of the worm. I yeah. That was phenomenal. Looks and great. it actually... Exactly. And it took a while to actually get revealed. So we get established to everyone pretty much before we actually get the threat. I I suppose you could say, of course, there was the war and there was an antagonist and protagonist and whatever. But the actual real life threat was the worm. And it was about an hour and a half into the film, something like that. And I thought like it was massively done because it was like uh, focusing on the spice harvester, I believe it was. And then there was a really long pan to the left. And then you could just see the worm and then the music kicked in. The Hans Zimmer score is yeah, not yeah. his best, but it's still really working. Oh, in that the, Hans, the Hans Zimmer score is, is really good. I've listened. Yeah. I've just listened to it separately as well. It's really, really great. Um, although I'm, dis- I'm, di- I'm disappointed though, because um, I remember the trailer, uh, it had like a remix of a Pink Floyd song called Eclipse. And it was mm. a really, really great kind of update of that song. And I was kind of hoping that would be in the film, but it wasn't. But you know, but other way, music... Right. Anyway, music was great, and I just like Hans Zimmer. Yeah, such a great composer as always, and this is definitely it's probably one of my favorite scores for me, if I'm being honest. But yeah, uh, Hans Zimmer score it's not his best for me, and it doesn't really shift from up from second gear. Like, yes, it's very good, but it doesn't go to like Inception levels. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But back to what you're saying about the whole kind of like introduction of the of the worm. That was that was one of my favorite scenes in the film, actually. Just the whole kind of like how huge that was. And it was, yeah. was and it was really, really good. And um we watched uh George remember in the David Lynch version, how just kind of in comparison, there's just knowing as much intensity to that mm. scene. So yeah, I did see a YouTube video about this actually, and it showed like the comparisons between particular scenes and this uh film. I'm not sure have you guys read the novels? No, uh, no, I, I've just read I've just read a comic book which I said was like the first third of the book, but that was about it. Right. So did that kind of how much of it is adapted from the actual comic, would you say? Um, well, from what I've heard, the comic is like beat for beat the book. So I pretty much right. do kind of know at least the first kind of third of the book then. And it, the film was pretty much like beat for beat the, the same, yeah. really. There wasn't really too many scenes that I can remember which weren't in the book or... Uh, or There's a the few things, like a few characters, like that big giant baby floaty brain baby oh, thing. That- that was extremely weird in um, the David Lynch version. <laughs> it was, yeah, I, I still don't even get what that was. <laughs> no, well, I imagine it's in the uh, novel, but mm-hmm. yeah, I have no idea. Actually, no, I it probably isn't because uh, this one I is think... supposed to be closer to the novel. So maybe David Lynch just added that because because he's David Lynch. That is yeah. a very yeah. that's a very David Lynch kind of thing to do. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, it is. They are mostly the same for the first like two thirds. The David Lynch one, obviously. Uh, has an ending. Of course, it, yeah. The, the whole thing is it, it's very rushed. Like it all happens in like what, like forty minutes. 
Yeah, and it spans through years. We have like characters. Yeah, it just like, it cuts. Like we miss so much in like the span of like two minutes. Characters develop like off screen, and like we found out, just miss so much, and then like it's completely just rushes through the whole second half of that story. Right. To the point when it gets to the end, you're just so uninvested in it because you just hasn't taken the time. Yeah, gotcha. So consider me completely ignorant. I have no idea about the context of the series and the franchise. How is the second film going to go? Is it going to be a direct continuation, or is it going to jump time? Would you say? Uh, I imagine it's probably going to be a direct continuation because I mean the David Lynch one jumps time, but it's also like only 40 minutes. So I reckon probably, that, they probably did that because they just had, went, yeah. had to find a way to cram it all in. So I imagine the, yeah. the next one, the sequel to this one, will probably go in more in, in detail, probably. Uh, yeah. But it's good. I, I reckon it's going to be more action heavy, especially towards the end. That's what it David Lynch like. one, it got really good towards the end. Like it got really like visually interesting. Um, it is quite visually interesting, though. There's a lot of yeah. really kind of impressive um, set design and visual effects done in that and it, version. Yeah. And they, they look yeah. good. They look good. So, and, and it can only look well. so much better in the new one. <laughs> like the, the things that will happen will be amazing in the second one, I'm sure. Yeah, so uh, the visuals there, we can touch upon that on the first note I've already had was on the visuals because I don't think there's a way that you can talk about this film without talking about the excellent visuals. Mm. Uh, the battles and the spaceship ascending and descending uh, looked fabulous. And the only detracting factor with the visuals is something my co-host, Michael, completely lamented me for. He said I was shit, a useless review, and that he couldn't believe that I was his co-host. He literally tore me apart, he ripped me a new asshole, and he's like, fuck you, Will, you are crap. But in, all, <laughs> yeah, but in all seriousness, the spice, it's like an element of the story, the spice in the air and like the harvesters and whatever. I bring this up now because at the very start, uh, you can see the spice in the air. And it leads to a criticism I had, and I said this in my review. And um, of course, I haven't rewatched it, so I can't really say with the additional context if it's less noticeable. But to me, it looked like it was just like a sand filter that had been slapped on top of the film, uh, went outside in the desert scenes, and that was apparently the spice, uh, which I can understand. But not only is it still distracting, but I don't think it looks good. Like, if you're going to have something tangible in the air, yeah, it looks so flat that it looks like a filter. I think you have a major presentation problem. And yes, the visuals in the desert is phenomenal. But every now and again, during the brick screen experience, I just thought, man, that's distracting me. And that's really bugging me. Is that the spice, first of all? Or has it got completely wrong? And did you guys notice it? I didn't notice that, I don't think. I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't have a problem with any of that. I mean, that's, that's, that's quite fair. Uh, but I think, yeah, of course, in terms of visuals, yeah, there's going to be one or two things which aren't right. But I think overall, like 99% of the time, the visuals are just fantastic. Yeah, it might be a problem with just the cinema screen, to be honest with you. Or Michael is just like going nuts, like we're thinking something into existence and it is really just like a cinema problem. You know, the but first time I just... saw this, I watched this in a really shitty cinema screen. It was like, right. it was dirty, the sound, the screen was dirty and the sound mix was horrible to what we can understand things they were saying and it was like it was not great and um but the second time i saw it was in a much nicer cinema so that was that was that was better but it, 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 it was yeah it did i remember the um first viewing the film looking really murky like i thought it had yes. a really kind of brown color palette and it does a little bit but it was like really really worse the first time i saw it uh but while we're on the topic of actors kind of we have touched upon it i do like the inclusion of uh, jason mama 
I again, I don't know this bloody pronunciation. Jason Momoa. Damn it, I was just saying it and you said it, yeah. But I said that for it. <laughs> uh, he didn't fix the pace. Again, I do have a problem with the pace, which we'll get onto, I'm sure. Uh, though his scenes did break up what was otherwise a slow story and slow world building. Uh, his scenes were great and he was almost like a father figure to Paul. Uh, for those who don't know, again, he was played by Timothy. Um, so yeah, it gives some added humanity, which I always love and grounds was otherwise a film that feels very distant when it comes to grounded family plotting. Uh, yes, we get the mother, but that's so few and far between. That being said, I do like the conflict between her and Duke Leto on whether Chandler is worthy or not. Uh, to see the Duke so hopeful before him descending into anger uh, towards the mother on how she raised him was interesting. Though, if I'm not mistaken, that comes towards the end of the movie, too late in my opinion. But again, I do think the inclusion of Jason as that father figure that he never really had because, you know, the, his real father was off doing stuff. Uh, but yeah, I thought that was a stroke of genius from a writing perspective. And again, like the film was so epic. So to have something so relatable was actually nice. And I don't think there's many other elements of this film that feels grounded and realistic for me. What do you guys think? I really, Yeah, I agree with you on Jason Momoa. He's definitely one of my favourite um, characters in the film, he thought he was the most kind of like just fun and like it's just one of the more memorable ones to me. And then we look at that character Duncan in the Lynch version, and he just is not just he's just a guy. <laughs> he was very forgettable in that. Like mm. I think if it wasn't for the fact that I had seen the Denis Villeneuve version, I probably wouldn't even really clock that character. Yeah, he, literally, he's just a guy. In right. the, and he and he dies so unceremoniously in the day for Lynch one. He just mm. he gets shot in the head and then just it's like bang dead gone. Yeah. It's, instead of this one where it's like a, like Gives a proper a like cinematic sort of movie death. But like, yeah, Jason Momoa, that that works because he's quite he's like he adds a lot of levity to like quite a dreary film, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think yeah, so that's when he, his death works a lot better because of that because he's sort of like the the ray of sunshine that's just gone out. Or whatever. Mm. But we found this overall when watching the uh, Dave Lynch version, didn't we? That um, we wouldn't be able to understand it if we hadn't seen the new one. Yeah. Like we were saying, loads of times out. If we if if we went into that film completely blind, we probably would have been completely lost as to what happened. Yeah, the thing with the new one, I mean, they're both similar. They're both like the same story, obviously, but like just the, the visual storytelling and the way the new one tells it, it makes it so much easier to understand. Sure, it's a bit clunky in the first like half an hour or whatever, um, but that's nothing compared to the entire film, the David Lynch film, which is all like exposition and like, inner monologues. There's so and, many like inner monologues. Oh yeah, I like, forgot about that. Like the film is like fifty percent voiceover. Yeah, and it's oh, so Christ. like annoying. And it, but the new one, obviously, I don't remember it having any. But if it did, I can't remember. I think there um, may have been a bit towards the start, but I may be misremembering. Joe, do you know? Uh, there, there, there wasn't. No, I don't think there was there too much. Ever? Yeah, was I mean, yeah, I mean, it's night and day comparison. Like the visual storytelling in a dialogue, and it's just like, oh, it gets yeah. it's pretty tedious watching the the Lynch version. It's like, okay, it's not. It's just not fun. Let's flip this on its head. Would you say there's anything the original film did better than this one did? I, I have. I mean, I quite like the soundtrack to the. The, it uh, did have a good soundtrack, one. didn't it? It was by Toto. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I, I kind of liked the, uh, I think he's called the, is it the, the Baron? The guy that looks like the, the monster yeah, from the, the two Baron, doctors. Yeah. The ginger <laughs> flying guy. 
he's yeah. quite fun in the original. He's, he's like completely different to yeah. um, Stellan Skarsgård. He, he's, yeah, he's like a, a, a great big silly <laughs> man who's laughing and spitting everywhere. It's a lot of fun. Any, I don't think there's anything that D- David Lynch version does better, but it does have a campy charm to it, which I feel like yeah. can, appeal, can appeal to some people because it's very. It's very yeah. cheesy, like in the effects and just the way the actors uh, perform. Like it's so, so over the top and theatrical. But then when mm. the Denis Villeneuve version is very kind of like self-important and very kind of yeah. serious. So it was just like I don't think there is anything David Lynch does better. Well, but I, I have. It's probably quite controversial, but I actually oh, prefer God. the design of the the sandworms in the David Lynch version. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, obviously I really the, like the new ones like CGI and everything look better. Oh, yeah. But I like the the, the, the design for the old ones. They're a bit, you know, phallic looking. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> but they, I, I like it. I, I like, I well, like some, the, It looks the effects, cool. The effects of them were quite decent. Like, yeah. the, um, there was decent like, puppetry and kind of animatronics going on. But whenever we would have like characters on top of the sad worms, there was a lot of like really awkward kind of blue screen being used. But yeah. as you were saying, George, earlier, like I'm imagining that in part two. I feel like that all those sequences that we saw in the um, climax. are going to be amazing. But yeah, yeah it's, it'll be incredible. Mm. As we're on the visuals, this is my final note really on the visuals. I'm sure you guys might have something else to add. But um, in terms of like the invisible shield that was like blue or red, depending on the contact and the actual like sheer brutality of each hit, I really enjoyed that as I came to really appreciate uh, seeing how much effect each attack quote unquote had on each character. And I guess it kind of gave some reassurance, but then it established really early on that the shield doesn't like protect you from everything. So I found like, yeah, the harder you hit, the more it yeah. protects you. So if you if you go in really slow, it, uh, you'll you'll get them basically, which is yeah. it's, it's an interesting concept. Have you seen like I take it you haven't seen the David Lynch shields? Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> Comparing just, it to the, to the Lynch version again, like it, again, as you said, George, it's just night and day. It's like the uh, Denis Villeneuve version. The effect in that is so just subtle, but it's so over the top. Like they're in this just massive kind of like block, yeah, it's and like a transparent so, cuboid. You can't really see what's happening. And it's so weird. it ruins. It's like the, Minecraft, like that sort of like <laughs> level of block. It's it, yeah, like, it's, it is. Like it just ruins. It just ruins the action. Really, you just can't tell anything that's going on. This whole effect just completely ruins it when in the Berlin version it's so subtle it's very 80s and it's you know it's, it's campy and it would work on something like like classic Doctor Who probably but when yeah, it's I'll... like a film it, you need to see what's happening it's just a bit clunky and a bit silly yeah well yeah. the best way we can describe the Lynch version to you is like imagine literally imagine sure. Colin Baker no imagine Colin Baker running around that's that's the best way we it's, can it's the two doctors it. you evil murderer yeah <laughs> that's why I just think of Colin Baker oh my god that scene is yeah. fantastic David Lynch's June is literally the two doctors but with a really high budget and really god. weird <laughs> Colin Baker would not be our place in that film no I would love he to see him not- that would be amazing <laughs> It would so <laughs> not be our place. Poor Colin Baker, man. Well, no, I, don't, not, not, I mean, nothing against him. I just mean, like, imagine a Colin, ba- Colin Baker's doctor, is what I'm saying. Not obviously him himself, just his doctor. Yeah, I know. Imagine that. Yeah. But, um, Zendaya, I predicted from the off that 
when I was watching that, she was going to be at the end and not like halfway through or something like that. So I just thought, yeah, she's not getting established in this film. But she kind of does. She gets introduced in the final 20 minutes. And I guess it kind of flips on his head the expectations of her because what we see of her in the flash forwards is her at the very end when they're walking off into the sunrise or whatever and it's a really beautiful shot but then when she's actually introduced it's really kind of flat like she gives like a really flat unimportant performance she's just like uh, a follower of these elders i guess you could say and i guess i like how underwhelming it is like she's built up yeah and when you see it's like oh there's and there like yeah, and not a big deal is made of her. The deal that's made of her is literally just like, oh, you're not what I was expecting, but I'm going to roll with this, you know? Mm. And I really enjoyed that. Um, but yeah, I think she's a great actress. She didn't have anything to do in this film. I mean, really. yeah, I thought she was like, I'm pretty sure she's like in the film for seven minutes or something like that. But yeah. obviously she'll, she'll have a lot more in part two. If it's, got, if, if it's anything like the David Lynch version, she's, she plays a bigger role in part two, sort of. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and in the I David Lynch remember- version, that character is basically just... I can't i can't remember anything about her. Zendaya she just shows this- up. Right. Zendaya in this film is way more of a presence than that character. Oh, that yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Nothing against the actress in the other one. It's just that she's literally got nothing to do. And ironically, for five of those seven minutes, it's probably her just watching um, Paul do the fighting in like a Black Panther-esque <laughs> yeah. battle at the end. Which, by the way, is a scene I absolutely adore. That's a good point, actually. What scenes do you actually kind of gravitate to when you think best uh, scene in this film? I, I think my, my uh, I've got two. I got I mean my favorite scene is probably the at the beginning that I can't remember what it's called the box where he puts his hand in the box. That is good. That's um, a great scene. Yeah. I really like that scene a lot. And then the um, where, where we first see the sandworm, that that scene. I would say so. Those those two are my favorites. Good choices. I, I like the scene yeah, with the sad room and the scene in the tent. And um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Also, I, I love any every any scene involving the Baron. I just thought he was such an intimidating kind of presence, and the way he floats in the air was really creepy. So I think any scene that involved him was one of my favourite scenes. Yeah. The by the way, by the way, completely <laughs> off guards. Yeah, go for it, George. Oh yeah, we you know Joe, we were saying um, in the David Lynch one, he's got like that Scooby Doo sort of contraption that makes him fly mm. and then in the this one he's like in this one he, he does have that as well but it's a lot subtler yeah I, I was just like oh. maybe they're just going for spectacle here but if there was actually narrative reason why he could float I, yeah it's like tiny little like it's like a like a robot thing i'm pretty sure anyway so yeah he's got like something on his back that glows red when it um when he starts flying you see, I prefer not thinking about it. I just think it's like a supernatural, like he's a creepy alien kind of guy. Yeah, it's no, I, I, that's what like, that's what yeah. we thought as well. But I think yeah, in, in the Lynch one, it's very clearly like a, a suit, like a big like gotcha. floating like metal suit, um, right. and it's a lot sillier in the David Lynch one. He's like literally like floating around, like going in circles, giggling and stuff. Very different. <laughs> very different. <laughs> Yeah, like you said, very camp by the sounds of it. At least yeah, bro, we, we implore you to watch the David Lynch version. Yeah, oh. it's, it's really interesting. <laughs> the next time you come on, I will have watched it and I'll give my thoughts on it. There okay. you go. Okay. That, that's, my, that's my offer. Joe, you gave it a two. Two star. That's not that bad, you know. Well, okay. Like, it's, it is, like, I just found it, like, 
I don't think it is actually that horrible. It's not a good film. I would say it's bad, but like, yeah. it does, like I said earlier, it does have a campy charm to it, which I do think kind of works a little bit. Like, I feel like, and because I was watching it with like George and all that, and we were just kind of talking about how it compares to the Velvet Love version, that made it more fun. But as a film yeah. overall, it really is yeah. good. If, if you watched it without knowing anything about June and without seeing the, the new one, it probably, mm. I would have rated it a, a lot lower, probably. I'd have been right. like, what is all of this rubbish? Yeah, like we were saying, it's, it's like it's like a better version of the Star Wars prequels. Well, yeah, the um, kind of version we're talking about. Well, yeah. And yeah. I suppose the Lynch one is, is, is the same as the Star Wars prequels. Probably not as bad, but um, the same level of like a lot of information, a lot of politics, a lot of like boring stuff. It was quite interesting, actually, that like after I saw Doom the first time, and actually both times, the people I was with were saying how like, you know, oh, we were talking about how it reminds us, well, reminded us of so many other sci-fi films, like Star Wars, for example. But then what's quite interesting is that those films we might have been talking about were all inspired by Dune originally. Yeah. Because like, the book, you know, inspired all these sci-fi, sci-fi films and those sci-fi films, you know, we, we watched the new one and think of those. But that's just, that's just quite interesting to me. Yeah, interesting that you uh, mentioned the book as well. I will not be reading the book either. Uh, that, that's I'm out of the question. I'm not, not, I'm not much of a book reader, I'm not, and particularly one yeah. that's used that. I've <laughs> heard it's very hard to read. Like the first chapter is like 200 pages, and it's like the first page is like insane. I've heard a lot of like really like things to say, and it's really hard to get into. It's meant to be a great book, like a perfect yeah, book. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, but as for standout performances, I think Joe, you mentioned it earlier, uh, Rebecca Ferguson yes. as Lady Jessica, standout, maybe the best thing in this film. Uh, I really like her in the Mission Impossible. I've seen her in Life. I've also seen her in uh, Kid King, and it seems like she's in a lot recently as well because she's also in uh, Reminiscence with Hugh Jackman that also came out this year. So she is in quite a few things and Reminiscence apparently is not a good film. Really? But yeah, she's a really standout actress and she was great in life, uh, which is also a film that I really recommend to anyone listening to this. It's so underrated. It's so underrated. Like people say, oh, average. And I just think, no, very bloody good. But <laughs> yeah. there we go. Um, as for other standout performances against... Timothy, I'm not even going to try the second name again. Chalamet. <laughs> Timothy Chalamet. Chalamet. Yeah. Apparently, it's like pronounced Timothy. Apparently, it's pronounced like Timothy. His name is Timothy Chalamet. Oh, just kill me. No, I call him Timothy. I really like, it's like, people call him Timothy, people call him Timothy. Like, it's like, like calling it Dune or June. Like, it doesn't really matter. Really. <laughs> yeah. I just say June. It, but even when I say June with like a D, I still get confused because people kind of think, are you on about the month here? And I think, no, yeah. June. Have you seen June? But then it's June, it's June, like June. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. very, very similar. It's, it doesn't Let's really matter, like I guess. D, D-double-O-N. Like Mike Woods, like in his thick northern accent. Dune. That's yeah. how he would say it. Let's do that from now on. Yeah, dude. Uh, we have to like summon our inner Michael. Oh, dear God, that's a scary thought. Uh, but yeah final thing really for me is uh, the pacing and I, I don't really want to end on a negative but I'm sure you guys have a positive that you can just muster up to end us on but yeah I think the biggest detriment this film has is absolutely the pace I felt that there was a handful of moments where the film could have ended providing some earlier scenes have been chopped since I do like the Black Panther-esque battle towards the end 
It just went from action battle sequence to a more relaxed tone, which could have been a great way to end, but no. The cycle repeats about three times, which is frustrating. What we do get towards the end is worthwhile, but it doesn't mean that the pace is justified for me, at least. Uh, to me, it just means a lot could have been chopped, and by that I mean condensed, really. And as I said towards the start, like every scene goes on for about five minutes, so it has no urgency to get up to the next thing. So it doesn't go from one plot to the next to the next over a runtime. It just pads the plot we're seeing at any given time. Do you agree? I'm, I'm, I doubt you. Yeah, I mean, the thing with the pacing is it's, it's quite a long film and it's, there's a lot going on in it. But it's also yeah. part one of two. Um, and I think when True. I first watched it, I didn't know that going in. It was only in the, the opening title where it said part one. I was like, what? <laughs> So I was a bit shocked, a bit sort of like, oh, wow, okay. Um, so, yeah, when I watched that, I was a bit like, I wanted a more like definitive ending. So I was slightly, I, slightly disappointed. Um, I but think like, that is, overall, sorry, yeah. No, so I think that is my biggest problem with the film overall. It's just like, I don't think the film, I think the film is very well paced, actually. I think as, as two and a half, mm. okay, for how kind of like uneventful, I guess, it, um, for lack of a better word, it is... It, um, it does fly by quite quickly, I think. And um, but I just found when it got to the ending, it really lacked a strong kind of climax. Um, I just felt like, yeah, it ended, and I just kind of wanted more. I just wish that mm. this film had found a way to have more of an exciting kind of conclusion. Not in a way where it means um, there's nothing left to pick it up in part two. Just in a way where it feels like, oh, I saw a film, not I saw half of a film. Yeah, that's yeah my biggest problem, and it, it left me. I left the cinema feeling that slightly underwhelmed. Which even though I liked the film a lot, like I really liked it, I just I was like, yeah. ah, like well, I just that, want to watch the second one. I just like yeah. But that's you a see, problem I, now in twenty twenty one. That's a problem now in twenty twenty one. But like I mean, having just seen the first Doom, but when Doom Part Two comes out, you exactly. know, it's like it's it, like it's just yeah. together. It's this really great, just long film. And I'm sure the second part will be great. It might even be better. I mean, I'm sure I think it'll be just George, as good at the very George, least. George, you're right. I'd say there's been more action in this uh, next film, which I guess is some people's criticism in this film. Though, if we are to end it on a positive, I really like this one battle scene where, I don't know if you noticed it, but there was this one moment where uh, we get Timothy and we dwell on his character for a little while. And for about... 20 or so seconds we dwell on this one scene of him like attacking people while the camera oh, just yeah. all sorts of movements and i thought that was fabulous filmmaking i was just like in awe like it took me by surprise i was like holy shit that's a magnificent little bit of filmmaking yeah. I and mean, that's what gives yeah. me hope because like that's obviously something that's going to happen in the second part and in the lynch version you see that but it's very sort of i mean it looks good in the lynch version but it's very sort of uneventful and chaotic so I, I'm just, uh, I'm like I'm just looking forward to seeing of like the most cinematic version of of the Lynch version as possible. And towards the end of that, like I'm not I won't spoil it I guess, but I'll I'll say that um, no there's there's a lot of like huge epic cinematic stuff, like worm stuff, and uh, I, mm. I can only imagine what it will look like. Um, so it gives me a lot of hope. And this is yeah. like back to what I was saying about like the. Um, my biggest problem with like, oh, it, felt like, it does feel like it doesn't have an ending. But if I do spin that into a positive, it did mean, it did make me really excited for the second one. It left me yes. wanting more, but maybe, point, that, yeah. maybe that is an absolutely great thing because it just shows I can't wait for the second one. And 
thank God it's been announced. <laughs> that, that was yeah. Last week, I was like, yes, we're finally going to see this story end like, like it deserves. Yeah. Imagine if it didn't get a sequel, how horrid that would be. Yeah. I know, yeah. like, I think at the start it says part one, or at the end it says part one. At one of the ends it says part one, and just imagine it's... if there was no part two, it would just be like, that's on the film, engraved on the film forever. Yeah. It'd be it would be so embarrassing. If it's, the film forever. it's a big gamble, a very big gamble. And that's what Especially I'm saying. Blade Runner apparently was a, like a box office failure. I'm glad and they the... looked at that and thought, you know, this is a huge risk, but we're going to do it because yeah. we have yeah. faith. Yeah. Uh, so is there anything else you would t- like to touch on that we have not touched upon today? Um, not, not really. I, I just think... I think we, yeah, we sort yeah, of covered we kind of, everything. Uh, talked nice. everything. Really. And, like, and like I was saying, I think Denis Villeneuve is just the perfect fit for this film in the same way that I feel like Peter Jackson was the perfect fit for Lord of the Rings yes. when it came out. It just was like this kind of like really dense, long kind of book when it gets to Lord of the Rings 3 books. But like, but we have this filmmaker who's just kind of like taking it and making this huge blockbuster from it. Like both these filmmakers, just the perfect, yeah. perfect director. And this is apparently it's his passion project and, as well. Yeah. And like, I've seen There's so many behind the scenes, like interviews and, and stuff like that. And he is very passionate about it, very hard, like dedicated to the, the book, the novel. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the actors as well seem to be like they respect it and um, I just yeah like Joe said he, he is the man for the job he's such a he's one of my favourite film filmmakers and, he's uh, one of the best filmmakers working at the moment absolutely absolutely like, he's agree, up there yeah. with Nolan and, 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 and everyone so yeah like I, you should definitely watch some of his films um, especially absolutely. his early stuff because like it's yeah. very different I recommend piqued my interest I recommend like, do you like abstract weird what the fuck was that films absolutely of course yeah <laughs> yeah I did watch yeah. Enemy as well <laughs> Enemy is so good yeah. I love Enemy so much <laughs> right okay um, so if you're hyping this up and it turns out to be crap I will personally <laughs> blame you I was fine if, yeah yeah, yeah. I'm sure it won't. I'm sure it won't. Uh, but yeah, that wraps up the review of Dune or Dune, should I say? Uh, so, Dune. Yeah. Dune. <laughs> uh, and as Michael put out a tweet on a few days ago, so it's given us two days to actually accumulate some audience interaction. Uh, so there, there is quite a bit. It did start slow, like we got like one reply in the first six hours, and we thought, oh no, it's a bit of a flop this week but then the floodgates opened and then there were bloody tons so um last week we did the halloween franchise and we reviewed halloween 2018 and 1978 i believe and the yeah. one of my 78 took so long to read out because there were so many so i will rush through uh dune audience interaction <laughs> So Trini Bev said, I watched at home, so not that IMAX experience. I felt the visuals were cool, but stuff was happening on the screen to people I had no emotional connection to. And such a big reveal was made of the poison tooth. Yeah, big bad simply recovers in a pool. Uh, sure. Do you guys have a better opinion on that? On whether that's well, true? I, I will agree with what she said about uh, the, uh, what was it, the emotional attachment to the characters i felt that as well i didn't really feel like i was watching a character i felt like i was watching a vessel that might be a bit harsh but you know what i mean but yeah like yeah. the pool thing uh I, I don't know anything about that um yeah, i mean i guess he's an alien so sure why not yeah uh but jim the gym and then his at his curly jim sam i love the name mate uh he says i liked how well it distanced itself from um 
aesthetically from Star Wars, which was always going to be challenging considering how many of his ideas Star Wars nicked. Wait, what? Yeah, Star Wars did nick June, I guess, because the yeah, well, Sandworm first yeah. episode of Series Two of The Mandalorian is basically June. That's a good point. Yeah, accusation. Yeah, I really just thought about that. Really, I mean, in the first, yeah, in the first Star Wars, you see a skeleton of the Sandworm. I'm sure that's a, a reference to to June. Well, the whole desert planet. Just- Oh, I did. Yeah. Probably came from Dune. All right, before probably, we get copyright struck by the studio of Star Wars for slander, yeah. uh, he also goes on to say, decision to adapt two or three of the book, two thirds of the book, should I say, uh, got confused there, meant it felt somewhat unstructured. I would strongly disagree about that. I felt like there was a distinct structure there. And lack of a structure, I guess, like we haven't read the book, so we can't really give a educated opinion on that, but I wouldn't agree. I think it was well-structured. Not well-paced, in my opinion, but structured, absolutely. I think it's well-structured. Yeah. yeah. I've got no complaints. Jim, you're trying crap. Uh, <laughs> Elise Aubrey said, yeah, if you're a recurring listener, Jim, I'm so sorry. Please like and subscribe. Uh, <laughs> Elise Aubrey says, I found it to be a great movie, but a bad June adaptation. Wow. Also, I'm very worried about the next part. It said there are going to be three. Wait, what? It says they are going for free. Yeah, I, I, I think he wants it. to make a trilogy because, like, I know there are three books, but like, he could um, adapt one of the second uh, two books, and make that the third film. Yeah, um, they said. However, part one is already passed halfway on the book, and it fell a bit longer times. So, how is it going to be part two and three with less material? Sure. And Steve Wasling says part three is supposed to be June Messiah. Well, I don't really know much about Dune, so I can't really comment on that. Yeah, no pretty clue. Uh, then Matt V said, mostly excellent, great characters, although I found Chamler and Brolin's performances lacking. Fantastic world building and a good sense of pace. Uh, between the attack on Arrakis and Paul Mina Freeman, I found it a little padded, but there were no other major problems. I can agree with that, to be honest with you. Then Dr. Oko said, I thought it was good, really enjoyed it. Oh, but this is where it gets controversial. He says, but in the end, I think I prefer Lynch's version. Wow, interesting. Now that is a hot take. That is a hot take. I mean, I I say the Lynch version for a lot of people is kind of like a cult classic, I guess. Yeah, I can definitely see the appeal in the Lynch version. Yeah. Yeah. We had so Um, much fun watching it. So, yeah, I I, I guess that, uh, yeah. Sure, why not? It's so bad, it's good, I guess. For us, yeah. Fair. Uh, Agent Pumpkin says, I really enjoyed it. Visually, it was stunning and some good, strong performances. I would have liked to have seen some of the bits they missed out, but I understand uh, that may just be slow pace or make the movie too long. I was disappointed not to have seen Guild Navigator. I have no idea who that character is, but I guess it's some like established book character that they didn't adapt into the film, I guess. Uh, yeah, I can imagine. That's a guess. This is what... Excelsior. Has to say. <laughs> I thought it was really, really good. Definitely one of the best sci-fi movies I've seen in the past few years. Very heavy on establishing the characters and universe, where it does so in a very engaging way. Can't wait to see where the series goes. And then Steve Wassling makes his own tweet to say, I thought it was incredible. I was practically on the edge of my seat, focused on it the entire way through. Like both Blade Runners, I think I love this film because of the feelings and mood it creates above anything else. I just felt immersed in this world. Fair enough. Uh, Lawrence Longlost Cousin, uh, who goes by the name of Official Abex, 
says, I didn't like the book. I didn't even finish it, which is rare for me. But the movie was riveting. And then finally, the Metal Whovian, who is also known as James, said, I found it to be an epic masterpiece and I'm excited for part two. So yeah, very uh, few detracting comments there. I have to say the Metal Whovian is a great name. <laughs> Metal <laughs> It's got just got like a nice ring to it, and it's got like in brackets, James. It like it just looks nice. Um, but yeah, that's the audience interaction section. So, do you guys have some conclusions on Airbox just to whittle out for the audience? Um, the score out of ten. Actually, no, out of five for this. We do out of five for scores. Five. Uh, okay. well, on Letterbox, I gave it a three point five. So yeah. I- Oh, like a you know seven out of ten, three point five out of ten. But that's a very mm. strong three point five. Like, I think if it had a better ending, I would have given it a four. And sure. if I could like connect with the characters a little bit more, yeah. But, like as a spectacle, as like an experience in the cinema, it's like a ten out of ten. Like, it, it was great, but mm. like I can't imagine wanting to rewatch the same way I would with like Arrival, Blade Runner, or something like that. I, I agree. Not until part two comes out, I think. Yeah. And then when part two comes out, I can imagine I'll personally watch part one before I watch part two, and then I'll watch part two in the cinema. Then I'll go back home and watch part one, and then part two again. <laughs> yeah. So uh, they're going to get many rewatches from me, and I'm sure many of us at least, just to kind of re- refresh the mind. Uh, so yeah, that's a three point five for you. Uh, how are you, Joe? Um, I think Dune is an is extremely good film, and. It just the overall scale, size, and like passion that went into it is like really, really like well done. And as I said, Denis Villeneuve just perfect uh, for this job. If you just look at all his films, he just feels like he was made for this. Just over- performances, pretty good story, like so dense and packed. And I just can't, even though it is unfinished and it did leave you wanting more, I just can't wait to get more in a couple of years time or whenever it yeah. comes out. So um, yeah, re- really enjoyed it. Can't wait to kind of revisit it. Can't wait to watch them both as one long film. And uh, so yeah, I'll give it a four out of five. Good, that's that's a good score. Uh, so once again, I'm going to be the one who's at the bottom of the pile. You're going to be the meanie. <laughs> I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to be the big mean. Uh, but Mikey is the one who isn't here because he doesn't like you and hopes for your demise. So I'm yeah. not the mean one, truly. Yeah. We've established that at this point. <laughs> yeah. No, but he had a track recording, so he's been occupied this evening. But back to me being the meanie, the wicked witch. Um, I said... Uh, again it's stuff that i've already said so i'm not going to read it all out to be honest with you all i'll say is the stuff that i haven't said which is literally the start and the very end uh i said i didn't feel the runtime of no time to die and like many people though i did feel the runtime of june and then i said june a solid five out uh three out of five five out of three i was about to say a solid three out of five <laughs> i feel like that i will come to like this more over time as I did with Interstellar, we'll see. I had more fun with Venom, that there would be Carnage, ironically, but that is a weaker film by quite a distance. Uh, someone nodded off in the screening around an hour in, like they actually properly snored, and I was like, oh, you're right, mate. <laughs> uh, so to wrap things up, June is a more convincing effort from Dennis than Arrival, which I did not like. And then I said Halloween Kills next, because I was originally going to be watching that movie as like a triple threat on one day in the cinema but then it didn't turn out uh but yeah as for school i gave it a three out of five i believe i said that but you know well as like a final throw out there i gave it a three so that comes to a 3.5 average 
So me and Joe, Joe, mate, we literally have to applaud George for having the right opinion here. We're wrong in yeah, this scenario. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're, right come on, guys. Yeah, I'm on. Yeah. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. Congratulations <laughs> on having the correct opinion. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. <laughs> Watch on the topic. Uh, Michael gave it a two out of five. Oh, my God. Ooh, that's rough. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I should probably read out his review. I did say I was going to do this. And we always do the letterbox, so I almost forgot this. Uh, as for letterbox scores, uh, George Sherrod, who goes by the name of uh, Ace Creeper on YouTube, gave it a mm-hmm. 3.5. Uh, a Bean Soup gave it a 4. Bigfoot Anon gave it a 4. Joe Decon gave it a... Uh, uh, Jack Burton <laughs> gave it a 3.5. Joe Papa gave it a... Uh, for MS gave it a 5 Matt Hall who's also coming on the podcast in a few months time gave it a 3.5 Harriet Membry gave it a 4.5 Hellas gave it a 4 and Dan gave it a 5 so very positive there and Michael is definitely the outlier I don't think a 3 out of 5 is too bad that's still on the positive side yeah it's definitely not a bad film uh but as for mike's review just to give it some variety i suppose oh bloody how he wrote a bloody essay okay follow this one under i just don't get it or at least it wasn't for me as someone with zero prior knowledge to the vast june franchise i was almost certainly never going to be the target audience likewise as someone who finds dennis Villier to be more than a little overrated my overall state for the long duration of this film was bored I even generally nodded off multiple times. But the thing is, I now understand why you gave a negative score, Michael, because you nodded off. You can't judge a film accurately if you actually nod off. If you're, like, reviewing something, you've got to watch it. You've got to stick with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I think you have to give it a rewatch just because you did nod off. Uh, But, yeah, the film has the pace of a drunk snail. <laughs> the film has a pace of drunk snow. I'm going to remember that. I'm writing that down. Uh, ponderous and pretentious with action beats, what few there are, skipped past as a clip uh, to get to more intentionally long scenes of people talking in indescript rooms, having dreams, talking about destiny and prophecy, of which it did no real work to make interesting. The ideas and more did somewhat interest me, but every time something sounded intriguing, it was ignored or glossed over in favor of long talks about the same thing over and over and over again, which frankly makes it all more criminal that is advertised up top as what is part one. It takes almost three long and torturous hours to tell half a story, which annoyed me all over again because I committed to the whole drawn out length of this and still have no idea how anything ends or what the point of anything was. Other than what I assume is slavish, but soulless reproduction of text to screen just because it's there. It's a film that got me intrigued to learn more about this fictional world, but that leaves me wholly uninterested in part two uh, that this cast and filmmaker wants to tell me. I'm sure if you love the source material, sweeping machinery, decent epic music that drowns out dialogue or have any investment in vague prophecies about manic pixie dream pool the ultimate mary sue by the way you may love it but for me i welcome the film's end even halfway through the story like a man in captivity finally tasting fresh air (laughs) he's so dramatic (laughs) (laughs) i've been laughing this whole time oh michael you're a genius i like watching exquisite paints dry while your emo cousin talks about spiritualism. Oh, that's brilliant. And he just ended up with pass. 
That is the most negative two out of five I've wow. ever. Heard. Yeah, I was gonna say that's <laughs> like two out of five. Yeah, uh, I do. I do like pizza trucks now, though. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Great. Oh, superb. Oh my god. <laughs> that wraps up today's episode. Next time we are reviewing Star Wars 2009. You just said Star Wars 2009. You just said Star Wars 2009. Oh god, yeah. you can't say that on the internet. You got to cut that. I, <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> I only did. Which uh, acts as the finale to Michael's Star Trek podcast. Guys, thank you so much for spending your time on this fine evening. Well, I don't know, it's pouring down outside yeah. for me. But yeah, this no, it's not bad down here. Yeah, it's all right here. Yeah, we're not even that far down the country from each other. We're still kind of north. Um, well, north? But, but, south. Right in the south. But south. Right in the south. Right south. 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 I was thinking our schools were far north compared to Michael's. That was it. That oh, was I see. Tricky. I see now. Oh, okay. That was a crap save, but I tried it. This was fun. See you guys in a bit. Peace out. See you. Right. That was a great wrap up. <laughs>